This month, the Pub Test Podcast is partnering with The Man Shake, a healthy meal replacement in a shake for men to lose the gut without losing the beers. Check them out at themanshake.com.au. Welcome back to another session with The Pub Test. Today, we are knocking the head off toxic masculinity and gender roles. Test at the bar today, Benny, Jared and Ash. Let's rip in. Lads, good afternoon. How are we doing? Yeah, good, mate. Excellent. We're doing well. Awesome. We're halfway through. Oh. Dry July. Oh, so good. Getting there. Getting thirsty. Getting, getting thirsty. <laughs> I've been pretty good on the man shakes. I've been yeah, okay. The no, first okay. few days were tough, yeah. but we're uh, we're hitting our straps now. Well, this is my first week of them. So. Mate, you do, how- so, so you actually have to go into August. No, right. <laughs> no, why? <laughs> I've still been dry. Come on. Dry autumn. Yes. <laughs> oh, no, hang on. We're not in autumn. We're no, in no. winter. Winter, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. terrible with all that sort of stuff. Seasons, geography, it's all bad. Mm. My, mm. my kids are getting no help out of dad. But um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. they can fend for themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome yeah. to the real world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The, uh, it was funny, talking about fending for yourself, we were away uh, a couple of weeks ago camping, my brothers-in-law and uh, father-in-law and I, and um, how badly we ate without our mums, wives, girlfriends going, boys, you have to have some greens, you have to have something. So for like four or five days, we survived on, on the way there, it was grain waves and hot box pies. Mm. And once we got there, it was bourrevors, like South African sausage, um, <laughs> Sorry, Jared. Please don't wiggle your head like that when I say sausage. Uh, we survived on sausages. I made damper. If you're not following our Instagram, you know, a couple of weeks ago, this cheesy damper was delicious. It Make pretty sure good. you follow us on the socials. Yeah. Um, and bacon and eggs. And that's what we lived on because there was nothing else. That's pretty good. Well, I mean, lo- looking at the dry July, <laughs> it really got me contemplating my life and my, my eating choices, right? <laughs> I was journaling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think I think over the last few months I've actually let myself go just a tad. And my wife actually sat me down and said, you know, Jared, no, no joke. Yeah, you look no at me way. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's just kind of getting a little bit softer around the edges. So <laughs> that's brutal. Like, brutal. like we discussed this last time. She's a sniper. You, 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 it was your. You said we were comparing our wives and how they relate to guns, right? <laughs> Zoe was the sniper. <laughs> Mine's a German tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <And you're>, oh. <laughs> Hopefully she's not. No, she's, she won't. She's not. She's yeah. definitely None not. None of them are. But mm. um, joining the gym really got me thinking and I, I sort of started thinking about my eating choices and then walking out the gym the other day, looking at these absolute monster of dudes. They all just like shredded and swole tanned. and just massive. And being on the Gold Coast, it's extra. It's just <laughs> next level. I, I know they look good, but the one thing that does annoy me is the skipping of the leg day. Oh. And like waist up, they're jacked. <laughs> and then there's just these two little things. You're like, how are you carrying all that weight on those little, little legs? Yeah. Well, last yeah. week we were talking about... Uh, the, you know, drinking and people fighting all the time. Yeah, yeah. And we're talking about how you were walking and holding hands and trying to protect your wife when you go out for yeah. dinner. <laughs> Me and my wife were actually talking about it the other day. We just came up and I was like, actually, I'm not worried because I'll just kick their legs. Just leg kicking. <laughs> <laughs> and break yeah, both yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah. like balsa wood. Yeah. So good. But on that, like, I mean, I'm we, we're all pretty fairly solid dudes, right? And I'm I'm just over six foot. So oh, thanks, Jared. Yeah, no, we're solid. You know, solid swole <laughs> boy. So I'm not over six. Foot. But how it, it got me thinking? Like, I I looked at some of these dudes. I was like, I, I'd actually like a six pack. I've never had a six pack in my life. It's I'd dry like July, mate. I'd bloody love a six pack. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I get your point. You know what? Have you ever had one? No. Benny? Nope. Have you? I've had yeah. a, I've had have a you? <laughs> No, you haven't. <laughs> I had I had a little I had a little toozy up the top for a while. Um, I had a I had a line. A line down the middle, but that was it. <laughs> With a Nico pen? Yes. Like, that was the line down the <laughs> I can't get boy. Having Italian uh, heritage on my mum's side, I've got nothing Italian about me except for body hair. And so I have, as like 17 or 16 or something, I did investigate if I shave it in a certain way, does it help? And it, like definition was really easy if you mm. just sort of part the hair in the yeah, right way. Yeah. But Lucky I'm married. <laughs> No, mate, you still need to make an effort while you're married. I'm not doing myself any favours mm. on the Bumble scene. I found out about Bumble the other day. What's Bumble? It's like a, it's like the new Tinder. Yeah, there's a thing called Bumble. Get mm. amongst that. Swipe left? Oh, mate, I don't know. Swipe up? Maybe you just, <laughs> maybe you just use your stinger. <laughs> but besides your journaling in the gym, mm. what do you, what do you, what's been... Rattling around the head in well, regards it, to it got getting th- fit. It got me thinking about, like, why Why do I want to get big? I mean, I don't necessarily want to get big, but these guys are big. And it got me thinking about, like, being, like, of that size. These guys are big. They, they are all, like, maybe on the roids, some of them. <laughs> and I thought, like, why do I actually want to think... Think like why am I thinking like it? Has it been instilled in me? Have I learnt it? Is it a learnt behaviour from somewhere else? I, I don't know. So I got me. I did a little bit of digging, right? A little bit of research, and um, <laughs> I, I came across this um, this uh, Netflix documentary called "The Mask You Live In." If you haven't watched this documentary, I, I'd recommend watching it. You could actually almost listen to it like a. Uh, like a podcast because there's yeah, a lot right. of visuals and there's a lot of um, speaking. And the you know, mask you live in. The mask you live in. So basically what this documentary puts out the idea and the psychological, sociological effects across this buzz term that go, is going around called toxic masculinity. Do you guys know what that is? I've, I, To be honest, I've heard it, but I don't. I couldn't tell you what it means. So basically the word toxic masculinity, and I've got a little definition here. It's a bit of a... Um, a uh, short one is defined by traditional male gender roles that restrict the kinds of emotions allowed for boys and men to express, including sociolo- so- social expectations that men seek to be dominant. And I quote the alpha male. So basically, talking about, oh, you're a pussy. Oh, you're uh, <laughs> a wuss. <laughs> In- interesting on that, but we'll come back to it if you want. Um, you throw like a girl, you run like a girl. Instilling those, you sit sort of, down to pee. You sit down to yeah. pee. Yeah. So basically, this documentary very cleverly looks at how Hollywood uh, has possibly infiltrated our culture to think, uh, to to allow boys to think a certain way. Right. So it's the Illuminati, and Hollywood has made us think a certain way. What are they making us think though? Well, you look at this documentary very cleverly cuts between scenes from Hollywood movies, and some of them. <laughs> I mean, I, I honestly like Fifty Shades. Well, yeah, that's, different sort of dominant. Different, right. yeah. Sorry. 
Han Solo, right? Star Wars. Yeah. Right. He's a legend. He's a legend. Han Solo? Exactly right. But apparently this documentary says <laughs> that... <laughs> uh, t- says that he, he puts down uh, Leia, Princess Leia. He, he he puts her down, talks down to her as a, from, a, from a domineering man point of view. Uh, the Wolf of Wall Street, Jordan Belfort, right? I mean, like that movie's pretty out of yeah, control. Yeah, okay. That- right? I'll take that. I'll, yep. I'll accept that one. Han Solo's pretty rough, though. It, man, I, I, he's just trying to survive. Jabba the Hutt's after him. <laughs> but what she's this, making out with her brother. Like he's confused. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but basically, this documentary is, is is saying that Hollywood's instilled this culture into boys to think a certain way about I'm a man. I got to be dominant. I got to be strong. I got to be overpowering. I got to be overbearing. You you mentioned one of these to me, which which. Made me scratch my head. Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the so Beast. So the Disney. doco touches on Beauty and the Beast. Correct. And saying that, uh, as an example, the man is this big, repulsive, pushes everybody away, wants to be solitary. I'm this big, scary dude. And Belle, this little, softly spoken, Correct. you know, yep. single parent. Correct. Um, what does she do? I don't know. She's like a flower salesperson or something. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but... That's it. Like she's this delicate flower mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. old mate, mm-hmm. and so this is meant to be mm-hmm. reinforcing this idea that correct. And I've got one more for you, and it's not Disney, but Shrek is the opposite, right? That you would think so, but apparently not. Apparently, capturing Fiona for Shrek to get his um, his swamp back uh, to prove that he's a is is more than just a um, what is he an ogre. Uh, is a is a is a toxic. is that in the docker? Yeah, this director's an idiot. Well, it's got now, uh, Fiona. I love Shrek, right? Lord Farquaad, <laughs> right? Fiona is the biggest, best beast of a fighter out of all of them. Mm. Yeah, she doesn't. Matrix she style. she allows herself to be rescued because she wants the fairy tale, mm-hmm. and she's wanting to get released by this curse. Mm-hmm. This guy's grasping at straws. Yeah, I know. Right. So, so here's here's my here's here's my problem though, guys. I, I I've grown up as a as a kid watching you know shoot 'em up movies, right? Like the Terminator. Like Arnie said, "Get out of here!" Get to the <laughs> you know, like like that. That if was it like bleeds. We can kill it. <laughs> that was like that was part of my my culture growing up as a kid, right? And so I'm I'm looking at at this documentary, and this documentary is basically telling me that that as a boy. I shouldn't really be looking at or, or watching those type of movies because it's instilling toxic masculinity into into the you, into my culture. Do you not think, to an extent? So what? Well, last night we had seven grandsons at my in-laws' house. So for some bizarre reason, we're about to have the eighth boy born in within the next two weeks. So my mother and father-in-law have will have eight grandsons under the age of seven. And so it's pandemonium, like it's out of control. So last night we were toasting marshmallows around the fire and the instruction from Opa was go and get sticks for the fire. So seven boys run off and go and get sticks out of the bush and come back. Within two seconds of getting sticks, the sticks turned into swords, which turned into guns, which meant that the boys were all whacking each other. Sticks got <laughs> taken away from them, got thrown in the fire. Yeah. Radio, round the fire, all fine. Omar comes out with glow sticks and goes, righto, boys, here's some glow sticks. How long do you reckon it took, without any prompting from any of the men in the room, for the glow sticks to become lightsabers? Mm. Seconds. And then it was another battle. And then they were getting, you know, their little clips and wrapping them around their legs because it made them run faster for the fight. Nothing was ever 
said to the boys, this is what you have to do. Mm. The day before, seven of them sat and did craft all day for a NIDOC thing that was happening at a, um, a shopping centre. Never once was it, oh, you have to do this or you have to do that. I think people are forcing this whole idea of my experience and just my experience. My two sons, I have seven other nephews and I have three nieces. Except for one of them, they naturally gravitate to different things. Yeah. Like they they all naturally gravitate. The boys want to be mm. they want to play footy and they mm. want to kick and they want to, you know, wrestle and they mm. want to do all that stuff. They want to watch those movies. Yeah, I think that toxic masculinity, that term is kind of thrown about willy-nilly at the moment. And I think that there's a there's a psychologist, Jordan Peterson, uh, Peterson? Petson. He's a Canadian psychologist that I looked him up. He's actually got some really awesome YouTube clips out there. I'd highly recommend just just looking him up, um, not just around this topic, but he actually likes to talk into this. And he's basically saying that toxic masculinity is a myth. Um, what we really got to think about and look about is hyper masculinity, and that's pretty much. I, I think there's a there's a maybe a, a line that's being blended here about like, hey, be a man, be strong, look after your wife, um, be that you know strong person in your family, but you're not gonna hit her or slap her around. You know, that's that's kind of there's a there's a line here, and that's the problem that I have because this documentary is really driving home. That, you know, and there's, they even use this stat, is that there's only 10% between male and female when you look at the, the genetics. I don't know how true that is. Still got to look at some studies, but, yeah. I mate, I think, geez, we, we complicate simple it's stuff. It's so, you're right, like, mate. You are so right, and you yeah. nailed it on the head. I, I don't understand yeah. why we make a problem yes. where there isn't one. So, right. uh, And I, I'm no expert. Like I've got no training in this whatsoever. So I'm just going to speak from my experience. Have I upset anybody? Get a dog up here. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> but my my old man, I lost my old man when I was nine. So I didn't have him in my life for more than two-thirds of my life now. My mum, my auntie and my grandma, I was thinking about this today, and my sister for that matter, all older than me. I'm the youngest in my family except for my, my younger sister now, my half-sister. But they are all horribly strong-willed, Almost crazy people. My, I was telling someone last night, my uh, elder sister, when she was about four years old, got a coffee spilt on her at a shopping centre. And my gran, who is like four foot two, was going to belt the poo out of this woman. Like She was a nutbag when it came to protecting her family and strong-willed and really purposeful and driven people. Never at any point in my life has having strong women in my world diminished me wanting to sort of be masculine or hold that point in my life. I've never wanted to hold women back from doing anything because of, you know, needing to be this man. Having strong women has actually made me want to be a stronger bloke and a better guy um, for that reason. I think what's get confusing is that where we've told, I think there's been a narrative for girls around the world that you need to be protected because you're weak rather than the point of view from me is we should protect women because they're valuable. 100%. Not because they're incapable, it's just the fact that they're actually worth looking after. Yes. And I read this thing, I, I was looking for it earlier this morning, I couldn't find it, but this guy uh, made, an, made a, an assessment about the Me Too movement, you know, the whole thing that came out about, what's that director's name? Um, the producer who did all the bad stuff? Mm, I don't know. We can Google it. Um, we'll find his <laughs> name. Um, but he, he made this assessment on it saying, because we've worked so hard to 
neutralize the genders and say there's no such thing as a man and a woman we're all just equal people in his opinion what it's actually done is stopped guys looking at women as something to look after and they've become fair game and so when this sort of stuff when guys are abusing their positions of power or raping or molesting or whatever was the situation in the in that production producer's case he was saying that for other people around you sort of even things like holding the door open, like it's no, that's just another person. You're not allowed to treat them any differently. So people have actually stopped looking out for them. Yep. And I don't know how true that is, but it's it's definitely I think changed the dynamic. So a buddy of mine, I won't um, use his name for for his privacy sake because I haven't asked him, but he's a police officer here in Queensland, and he's a big unit, like and he can fight like a thrashing machine. Like he's boxed for a long time, he can, he can fight um, and can protect himself. And I asked him one day about being a police officer and having um, different partners. We were just chatting and he was telling me his new partner was a lady. And I said, how different is that? And he goes, uh, he goes, I don't want to be disrespectful. He goes, so many times they're awesome. But he goes, if you're going into a, like you've got a call for there's a, a DV, a domestic violence thing, and you know that there's a guy going ballistic and or there's a street fight and there's a bunch of dudes. He goes, there's something within him that can't stop himself when he rocks up to that scene not focusing on his job because a part of him is worried about where she is. Mm, wow. Not because she's not a good officer, but she's 62 kilos running into a drunken street fight in the middle of Brisbane. And that's and that's just genetics, right? Oh, and he's like there's nothing to do with she's no her, her capability, yeah. But he go yeah. and he he said I can't take that away. He's like oh. I'm I'm not but if he runs in with his other partner, this other guy, he goes I don't care where old mate is because he he is responsible for himself. I think it also depends as well. Some, I think the problem is, which some people may look at it, is that if a male was the same weight, same size, would he do the same thing? You know what I mean? Like, just just looking at it from a different angle. Oh, 100%. I think the, but to be honest, talking about policing, I sort of think that there should be some sort of size limit. That's probably like. Mate, there's there's cops that I can definitely outrun. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that's not saying much. Um, <laughs> but no, like you're right. If it is a 62 kilo dude, yeah, I, I haven't asked him that question. But I think regardless, if it was a 120 kilo lady, I still think that there's an element of, depending on how you've been raised, where there's an element of, well, it's, I need to make sure that they're okay. Um, am I wrong? I, no, mate. You are, you are, you've nailed it on the head about... We've we've overcomplicated this, and I think there's there's that term I used earlier was hypermasculinity. That's that's something that we need to be careful about, and that's uh, in the previous episode we talked about alcohol fueled violence and yeah. things like that. That's that's where that comes into play. Well, I can't. The stat I think is ninety eight percent of um, we were talking about Danny Green's campaign for um, your mate, the coward punch. Exactly, my mate Danny Greeny, as I call him. <laughs> um, the uh, we were talking about the statistics. The I think it was Dano. Dano. <laughs> Uh, 99% of one punch uh, or coward punch perpetrators are men. Mm. So you talk about hyper-masculinity, that's that. I think it comes from a massive pace of insecurity. 100% agree. It's this guy trying to prove himself rather than being comfortable with the fact that you have a a responsibility and a part to play. Correct. Uh, 100% agree. Benny, your wife is no shrinking violet. (laughs) Yeah. And and the thing is, right, it doesn't matter. Like my wife will always turn to me for um, protection or, you know, if we hear noise at night, she's going to wake me up. And that's not anything to say that, 
you know, she's not a strong woman no. because she is. Like, but when it comes to um, some things, I, it just depends on. In in it just depends on like what it is. Yeah, but what like, it is. Like, a, it, I think I struggle, and it's probably a lot to do with my my experiences as a kid with dad passing away. But I hate hospitals. Like, I I despise being in a hospital. So the few times when our kids have had to go to hospital, my wife goes. Mm. Not because she's the woman and should, but I personally know that I don't cope well mm. and she's going to make a much better decision yeah. and I wholeheartedly trust her to make those yeah. decisions. So when it's happened the few times that it has, I've stayed at home with one of our boys and she's gone with the other one to go yeah. and get stitches or, yeah. or whatever it may be because I, I'm not going to cope well with it. And also my wife, she completely loves cooking. So I, I don't cook. Like yeah. the only time I cook is probably when we fire up the barbecue. And then even then she marinates the meat and does yeah. all this and I just throw it on the barbecue and take it. But you know what, mate? Like that doesn't make you a toxic That's right. chauvinist it, it, pig. Like, and the thing I, is, I'm I've so tried. over this stupid narrative that yeah. this is like if yeah. every but, family will find a balance. Yes. Yeah. But do you feel like there is, obviously when it comes to toxic masculinity, is there a gap between female male in regards to workforce blah 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 this and that and which could probably be another topic but you know i I I think it's fair so and again uh, just my experience i have seen in different organizations i've worked in there's been a massive push for um females to go into management and i have asked the question before but if we're all equal why is there a push for women to go to manager but anyway um and i've seen it actually work negatively and affect their progression their careers from the point of view that when they do get a role and they do get senior leadership positions there's always a niggling thing around the 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 traps that well they only got it because they're a woman and it's actually hurt them to be able to lead effectively because of that push and so I, i was listening to a um i saw a thing pop up on facebook the other day from jordan peterson i think is his name and um this woman was asking him about the gender gap uh particularly commercially and I, I didn't do this research. This was just him spitting information. But he talked about the fact that there's many industries that are dominated by women. So he used engineering as an example. He said that's a male-dominated field. So if you want to have a, a – you, you're going to really struggle to find parity in those roles because you've got an overwhelming saturation of men in that particular field that for women to get the same sort of jobs that you know have the percentages all equal, it's not going to work. And then he flipped it on the other side. He goes, medical profession, there's a lot more female physicians. I think he was talking about the UK. A lot more female doctors than there are male doctors, and they outperform in that industry because there's more of them. Like it's, it's not this matter of there's necessarily a massive gap. That's not been my experience anyway. And the best boss I've ever had has been um, a female, and probably the worst boss I've ever had has been a female. So I... I it's not a matter of because of their genetic makeup, it means anything. I 100% agree, mate. And I think that looking, furthering this conversation, I think we really need to look at what what is hypermasculinity, what is toxic masculinity. And in this documentary, they're actually saying that there's, there's a quote-unquote boy crisis, right? So we are, according to the media, we are telling our boys that you should like blue. And girls, you should like pink because pink is for girls and boy is for um, blue is for boys, right? And there's an element to, to this that I somewhat agree, but I think that we we are so concentrating on those finite details that do not matter. It, does, it doesn't matter, right? So I, I think that 
looking at the bigger picture, let's let's like let's continue this conversation about like toxic masculinity. Honestly, at the end of the day, I, I think it's a myth, mate. Mate, I think the re- the realities are is that you've got one percentage of the community or one segment trying to push a bias for whatever reason. Yeah. And we've talked about this before with even things like the Israel Folau, um thing uh, issue that we talked about in episode one, is that you've got a group of people who might not even be directly affected, but they want to have something to say and they want to get involved. And I'm all for people speaking their opinion and putting all of that stuff forward. But me personally and from my experience, I think that in a family dynamic, and that's all I can speak to, a family dynamic each person will settle into a role and you need that partnership to make things work well. And if you don't have it, then things are going to get really, really confusing. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. things get really, really messy on the way through. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you look at, um, like, I mean, I don't know with your, with your young fellas in terms of, um, you know, teaching them to express their emotions. But this documentary is really um, highlighting the fact that as young boys, you boys are, uh, are taught, according to media, to to squash their emotions, right? And Benny, you've got two young lads, and you got two two young lads. Um, Ash, like, what what do you? How do you? <laughs> Don't be a sook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I think I think all four of our boys are pretty emotional. To what, be fair, I mean, like, like uh, you strip away all the all the like the 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 external. And yeah. Ash, you're a pretty emotional guy, right? So you you're teaching. Uh, are you teaching your young young blokes to express their emotions? How, how does that work? But for us, this is what we do, and again. Families are families. This is what we do. So I have a conversation with the boys, depending what it's about, and particularly my elder guy, I'll say to him, feel what you're feeling, let it happen, like it's there, but then let it go. This whole idea of like we- Not not let it go because you're a boy and you're a man and you should be tough, no, right? No, it's just the reality of, mate, there are plenty of males, females, and everything in between who are 40 years old dealing with something that happened when they were 15, and as, yeah. and as minor or as horrible as that ex- experience might have been- it's happened like dealing with it. So we've got a thing in our house, no tantrums and we just don't allow it. And people, oh, you know, you got to let no. Like, I don't care. I, I'm happy that you're upset. Like that's all fine, but how you deal with it and the level that you deal with it, there's just, I just won't allow you to, um, if you want to be upset and go and be upset, go do that. But there's not going to be throwing of stuff and yep. screaming and carrying on. Yeah. Uh, Cause it doesn't help. Yeah. Right. And it's and it's and, and I want to emphasize this point. It's not because there are boys, right? You you are not allowing your sons to to have a tantrum because they they should man up and they should be a boy. It's school holidays in Queensland at the moment. My niece, who is seven odd years older than my son, when I left the house this afternoon, they're playing Uno, and I had the identical conversation with both of them because they are identical personalities, and they are arguing about Uno rules, and the the same conversation with had was had with the pair of them that you're both pig-headed and you're both stubborn and you both want to win because you're both ultra-competitive. So be nice to one another. It wasn't Huxley, let her win because she's a girl and it wasn't let him win because he's a kid. It was, you guys work it out. I want to ask you guys this question. Benny? Yep. Ash? If your boys picked up a Barbie doll and was playing around with a Barbie doll, you would let them? Yeah, my my boys, right? (laughs) They're into babies at the moment. They're just... At kindy, Aiden, he plays with the baby and he's saying that he wants a younger sister, which isn't going to happen. Because <laughs> Come on, mum and dad. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not like, we're not like, oh, you can't do that because that's only for boys, that's only for girls. We actually just, 
he's just interested in babies. We got so many. For there's instance, a thousand we, we go kids to church. Yeah, yeah. We, we go to church. So um, there's all these babies around that he's seen, and he's like, and he is so good with them. Like he just wants to like play with their feet and toes and hands and whatever. And um, there's nothing wrong with it. And then, right. and then two seconds later, he's playing bloody using the baby <laughs> as a weapon to hit his brother. It's <laughs> but it's it's. I think as we talked about, it's overcomplicating. Like my my eldest brother, um, well, I only have one, but my brother, he played with Barbie dolls for ages. And my auntie, who's a psychologist, jokes because he was a perv and wanted to look at their little plastic boobies. <laughs> like it's not. It's not a weird thing. Like, if you want, do whatever you play with, whatever you want to. Like, I mean, we, I, 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 I couldn't agree with you. More. You've known our boys since they were born, Jared. Like, they they can be pretty boisterous and kind of rough, and they like, like, you start wrestling with them, their eyes light up. They They're think on. it's the greatest thing in the world. But they, we've got a, a family friend who we call Auntie, but she's not actually related to us. And the conversation, she has a daughter who's nine, and the conversation has always been when they're at the house that girls are delicate flowers. Not because the girl, like, they just don't want to get smashed by my two boys wanting to wrestle because it's just a different situation. And that's not something we've done. That's something that auntie has done. She's, yeah. I mean, there are going to be people out there that are, you're going to be ridiculed for, for that. Oh, mate, happy days. Yeah. Come and ridicule. Yeah. You're probably a delicate flower as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, <laughs> the reality, like, why, why should nine-year-old little girl in this situation have to be jumped on and wrestled by two boys when she doesn't want to? So what, what you're saying is that is that boys are going to react in that way. Boys are going to wrestle because they are boys. There's, There's testosterone in their blood. They're fueling. They want to wrestle. It's not because you, as a father, have instilled in them saying, hey, mate, you guys are going to wrestle or you're going to play with swords or you're going to play with <laughs> guns, right? No, a hundred percent not. I tried to push my son off right rugby like desperately you wanted to play afl i wanted him to play afl and is afl girl sport no no from the point of view <laughs> no, no no from the point of view it's not it's not tackle until like under 12s um, or under 10s or something i didn't have to do anything with aussie rules so i wouldn't have had to like but it's, where it's well funded it's well funded by the afl but now we're at my junior rugby club i'm coaching an under sixes team <laughs> and i just knew it was going to be effort but I didn't want him to play contacts, but go and do something else. Go play chess if you want to. We wanted to get him into swimming. Oh, tennis. He keeps some money, mate. Golf. Go, but he <laughs> desperately, he just wanted to tackle somebody. That's all he wanted to do. But I, I secretly pushed my boys to play rugby, but that's because I played. It's not anything to do with, oh, they're boys. You, you want to yeah. live vicariously through them. That's it's a right. selfish reason. And, and my, while my dad played rugby, yeah, yeah. I played rugby, you know, and, and I want my boys to play rugby because that was a sport in my family. And I don't. There's, it doesn't have anything to do with um, them being boys. Because in my family, my sisters play rugby. Oh, my sister. Her you nickname I mean? in high school was Shane Webke. She used to play for the <laughs> girls' rugby union team, and she was an aggressive psycho. Yeah. One of my nieces is an unbelievable Aussie rules player, and she is the most aggro one out there. And she loves the rough and rough and tumble, and she's very very athletic. Her being female means absolutely bugger all. My family, particularly my granddad and things, go to more of her games than they ever came to any of mine. Um, and they support her because why wouldn't you? Who cares what they're doing? Yeah. I think yeah. it comes, honestly. And masculinity doesn't center around sports or how big or how large or how strong you are, right? It's, it's, it goes so much deeper than that, right? I, I, my, my summation of masculinity is it comes down to security. 
how secure you are within yourself to be able to release people to do other stuff. Yep. If you're an insecure guy, I think you will be hyper-masculine. Yes. And you, if you are in a relationship or a marriage or whatever it may be, you're probably going to struggle to release your wife to be or your girlfriend to do everything that she wants to do and be everything she wants to be because you need to control that. 100% I think agree. the most masculine thing you can do is, is be releasing and, and allow them to do and become who they want to become. Mm. Um, and same with your daughters or with your sons or with your nieces, like, I just think we make stuff so bloody hard. Yeah, no, I it agree. It's really simple. Matt, this conversation could go a whole lot deeper. And <laughs> I, I'd, I'd actually really like to explore this a little bit more. And guys, those of you out listening, if, if you have more resources, if you want to reach out to us, you can. We go old school, right? Email. And, and also, we also, three, three males in the room. I want to hear what. Hundred percent. I mean, because they're, they're going to be people out there go. Well, you guys are three males talking about toxic masculinity, <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's a biased opinion. Like, I mean, stuff that you know. Seriously, if you really want to argue the fact, reach out to us. Absolutely. Like, like th- there are there are avenues. Talk to us. We want we want to hear from you. But fellas, what do you think? Last shout. Um, toxic masculinity. Ash, mate, it's overcomplicated. We overcomplicate everything because we've told everyone that their opinion matters. Um, <laughs> so but just everyone stay in their lane, run their own race. Yep. As long as you're trying to make people in your life go further than you have, happy days. Yeah. Benny? I think that uh, just let me raise my kids how I want. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> let him play with dolls if he wants to. Leave yeah. him be. Yeah, 100% <laughs> agree. Well, man, th- th- that was a good conversation, fellas. Thanks, and, boys. Uh, I, think, I think there's a lot in it. But um, let's leave it for now. Let's not have a beer and go have our shake, <laughs> our man shake. <laughs> and uh, let's wrap it up. Thanks, boys. See ya. Hey, mate. Yes, mate. The Pup Test Podcast is free. It is free. You should make sure that you get on and support. It's not often you get to go to the pub without putting any money on the bar. So make sure you like, subscribe, find us on social media, Instagram and Facebook, The Pub Test. You can look for us on podcast apps and Spotify.